0: so bad to like be that guy that walks up after you know that kind of worship time and says I'm changing my message you know I'm so in touch with the spirit I'm just going to go with it I'm not that guy I'm so sorry yeah if you got a bible with you turn to Hebrews chapter 4 um and the reason why I'm not gonna change it is because it would go against everything I believe about what we do on sunday night um The reason I would change it is because that was good times right there um, thanks to the band for uh for bringing us there always. I'm going to move kind of quickly tonight. Got a lot to cover. Um, we're moving in a couple of weeks. We're going to meet on the corner of Chime Street and Highland Road in the BCM building. Weeks leading up to that, I know what those are going to look like here on Sunday nights, kind of. And my plan from Easter until this point was to kind of work backwards in the life of Christ. And uh, I thought it was going in one direction, and it's kind of taken a different route through God's leadership. And so that's why I'm not going to change it, because I think that he's taking us somewhere on purpose. Um, We started Easter Sunday, obviously talking about Easter, backed up to the Lord's Supper, backed up to... Um, Jesus teaching about taking his yoke upon him and what that looks like and talked last week about prayer and how being yoked with Christ is always going to um, mean our prayer lives are deep and consistent and um, are deep and consistent um and so I hope that that last week I hope that this this past week between last Sunday and tonight was different for you if you were here. Um, I hope that your prayer life was different. If it wasn't different, then you missed the point, and I need you to go back and listen to the podcast or something or take out the notes or uh, whatever because we don't, together on Sunday night, we don't stumble upon things accidentally. Um, I don't have a book I'm promoting, so I don't preach messages out of my book that I'm promoting Um, uh, there's, there's no, like, there's no, um, like we're not a part of a denomination that, that has like a set schedule of, of sermons to preach. Um, God brings things to us through songs, through testimonies, through prayer times, through whatever on purpose for the growth together of our church and for our growth in our relationship with him. And so I, I say that lightheartedly but very seriously. If if this last week was not different for you as in the area of prayer, then you need to go back and revisit that. And I say that to everybody in the room, including myself. Um, we we can't miss the point of the things that God brings our way. Um, and so tonight we're going to connect prayer to the other one of the other things I said was involved in being yoked together with Christ, and that is the study of scripture. Um, I think that Um, there's, there are, that's one of those parts of life that, um, if you come from a church background, you, you hear those things out there a lot, you know, have a quiet time, which involves prayer and involves Bible study. Um, and I think too often is just assume that everybody understands why that's important and everybody knows how to do that. And the, the truth is, um, I don't, if, if we really understood why it was important, then, our belief would be deep enough to affect the way that we act, and so we would be acting on that. And um, so, one, I don't think we really believe that it's that important. And two, we because we don't believe it's that important, we haven't sought out resources on how to make it um, a better reality for us tonight. So we're going to try to kill two birds with one stone. We we'll am go as fast as I can um, so that we're all on the same page, all right? The life of Christ, you can look at um, – you can look at his life and very quickly see the role that the scriptures played in his life. Okay, yes, he did not have a Bible, um, but he did have the, the, the Hebrew scriptures that was a part of his upbringing as a, a good Jewish boy. Um, you can look at at many points in his life and you see that showing up. You see him as a boy when his parents left him at you know, and they like looked around, they're like, "Where's Jesus?" You know, and uh, they like I couldn't find him. Am I ever been left at Walmart when Dixie? No. Me? Okay. Um, Jesus got left, so that's another way he can relate to you. Um, they left him, where, and where, where is he? He's sitting with the teachers and the rabbis, and he's asking them questions about Scripture and stuff, and they're amazed at his answers. you know. And So we see that very early on. We see him in the desert um, fasting before his ministry begins. And he's being tempted by the devil, and we see him quoting Scripture as a way of overcoming the temptation that he was faced with. Um, his uh, his coming out party, so to speak, for his like debut in ministry of saying, I'm here, uh, deal with it. Uh, he gets up in, in the synagogue, and they hand him the scroll to read, and he reads the passage from Isaiah. Um, that's through Scripture he announced, hey, I- I'm here. I'm, I'm the one, that, I'm the Messiah, I'm, I'm the guy. Um, we see him in the Sermon on the Mount referring to Old Testament laws, and he is... Um, reframing them and teaching them about what the kingdom of God looks like. And he's quoting these Old Testament scriptures. You look all through his life, he's always bringing in the the laws and the Levitical laws and all this stuff into his teaching. On the cross, he's quoting scripture when he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, All the way through Jesus' life, we see that the scriptures were something he had an incredible grasp on. And not just in a like he had it memorized, you know like his multiplication tables, like he re- he understood them that's where his 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 purpose um was was connected to um there it was just integrated in into into all these aspects of his life um and so from that example we, we talked about him going to to pray, and the disciples say, "Hey, teach us how to pray and he teaches them, but they never said like hey, teach us how to study scripture." Because that was kind of a part of a part of it, you know. Um, and so, w- what I want to do tonight is w- I want to run through. And I want to use uh, some so the the question words to kind of help us give us some structure as far as what we're going to talk about. All right. So here we're going to go. I told you, you go to Hebrews four. You just kind of stay there. All right. I'm going to read some other stuff while we're going. Um, the first question will be what. All right. What are we talking about doing? Um, Colossians three. Could have picked a lot of things. This one jumped out at me the most. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The word of Christ dwelling in you richly. That's what what we're going for. Um, The words of Christ, the 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 word of God the the revealed will of God as expressed to us in, in Scripture those things dwelling in us richly um, I don't know if anybody's into like gardening and stuff but I I kind of recently like kind of got into it not like tulips and stuff but like you know like like vegetable plants you know and um, and so I was needing some more dirt the other day and I had to be at Walmart and I noticed there's like there's like these two kinds of dirt sitting there there's like the there's, like, um, this big old, like, bag of dirt that's, like, you know, fully enriched with all this stuff and, like, time-released uh, minerals and stuff and all this. And it's, like, this big bag and, uh, you know, it's, like, 40-pound bag and it's, like, you know, $18 or something. But it's, like, going to meet all every need that you have and it's just full of all these nutrients and all the stuff that you need. Then next to it, there's, like, the the same bag, uh, same weight, but it's, like, compressed down and it's like it just says like dirt on it, you know. It's like a dollar eighteen, and um, so I'm of course like I'm buying that dollar eighteen dirt, and I get it home, and it's like just it's it's just dirt, I ain't nothing to it at all. It's dry and it's nasty, you know. And I'm like sorry to do this to y'all, tomatoes, you know, but I'm pouring it over there and stuff. Um, I, I I think sometimes for me, the word of Christ dwells in me, and I'm kind of like the the plain dollar eighteen bag of dirt, you know. There's there's not there's not a richness, there's not a fullness, there's not this um there's not everything that I need to really provide my soul and my mind and my heart and my entire life the, the things that that it needs. I think sometimes I settle for like, yeah, no, no, I got it. John three sixteen, yeah, okay. Instead of being like, John 3, 16, oh my goodness, you know. And so that's kind of what we're going for is this rich dwelling of, of the word of God in, in our lives. Um, second question, um, who, who is this for? Uh, in John 15, in the whole like abide in Christ idea that we've kind of also been talking about, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. This wasn't like John 15 is not, you know, Jesus talking to, you know, like one person directly. You can't get get by with that. When Jesus is talking about I'm the vine, you are the branches, basically he's talking to all the branches. So if you consider yourself a branch of Christ, then this is for you. We abide in him. His words abide in us. So this is everybody. This involves all of us. All the time, everybody that's a branch needs to have the Word of Christ dwelling richly in you. All right. Next question. See, I told you I was gonna move fast. Um, when, when, and where? I'm gonna combine those two together. All right. Um, when we talk about studying studying the Bible, you know, there's that question, you know, always of like, is it better in the morning? You know, uh, is better at night? Is it you know like and, and, and like Like where, you know, like where should I do this and where should I have a quiet time and all this kind of stuff? Um, Scripturally, uh, let's see. Psalm 1 said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Here you go. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. All right. So it's either daytime or nighttime, according to Scripture. All right. Which basically be all the time. Um, And. Uh, Deuteronomy it talks about like when you're like teach this to your kids and it's like when you're awake talk about it, but when you're like going to sleep talk about it, when you're going somewhere talk about it, uh, write it on your door frames, um, write it down as much as you can. I mean like it's just like constant, constant, constant. That's the role that scripture is supposed to play. Kind of goes connected to the idea of you know pray at all times, pray without ceasing. Uh, to me, prayer without ceasing, like that's that's a that's where I'm trying to get, but I'm I'm not there. And so, as far as when and where, like I'd love to get to the point where my whole day, in the back of my mind, there's just there's, there's this verse I read this morning, and it's just I just can't I can't get it out of my mind, you know. But I'm I'm not there. And so, acknowledging the fact that that's that's where we're trying to go, we're trying to get to that that point where our, our thoughts, our prayers, like like everything is just so Christ-centered. That's got to be the goal. And if it's not the goal, then we're going to re- reevaluate some things. Okay, so that's what, that's who, that's when, that's where. Here we go. I ask you to go to Hebrews 4. Now we're going to get into why. Why is this important? Why should this be so important that it should Affect me so deeply that it should change the way that I carry out my life. All right. My actions should come from my belief. Why why is this so significant? Hebrews 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit. Of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Alright, let's stop right there. What makes the Word of God living and active is the role of the Holy Spirit in our understanding of it. See, the the, the Spirit of God infuses Scripture and makes it come alive. So anytime that you have um, been reading a verse and it just like jumps off the page or like slaps you in the heart, you know, or, or it just really just goes to this, this one conversation you had or this one lie that you believed or there's just, there's just something there incredibly convicting, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what it means by it's, it's living and it's active. The Spirit of God makes these scriptures come alive and they don't just come alive but they actually do something there's a, there's a verb involved in studying the Word. All right? It talks about how it can separate all this stuff. And look at the last part of that verse. And discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I think this might be one reason subconsciously we don't like to study Scripture. is because it is it is so revealing. You know? It is so um, intruding into the parts of life that we work really hard to cover up and pretend like aren't there and to hide from our friends and our church friends and stuff like that. It's living and active, and that's a part of what it does is, is it gets down to to the real issues of life. That's one reason why it is important, is because without being checked, our thoughts and our intentions, those things need to be in check. And so the thing is, it is for our benefit that we spend time in the Word of God. And see I think sometimes we want we want to be transformed, we want to become christ like we want God to work in our lives and all these things to happen. <clears throat> but yet the sharpest tools in the toolbox we don't want to use you know God's like, no, 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 this is I mean that, get into the word man we'll we'll get it done? We're like, no, no, I'm good." Look at the next verse. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And that's, not, if that's, not a, that's vulnerability right there, right? Nobody's hidden. All are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now we can look at that as a negative and be like, man, I don't want my life to be exposed like that. I don't want like I don't want to just like like lay my heart and my mind bare. I work hard to keep that stuff covered up. But the beautiful part is the last the last part we are open and we're laid bare to the one that we have to give an account to the to the the mighty to save Jesus that we just sang about. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. that. That's who we're opening up to. It's not saying, like, you have to, like, then create a blog where you open, like, every, like, secret that's out there. I mean, you don't, that's not what it's saying. It's not that you have to, like... Necessarily sit down, you know, with your community group and then tell them all like these terrible things. This is you're opening up and you're laying yourself bare emotionally, spiritually, heart, mind, soul, strength, everything about you, opening up before the one who looked at you and said, "I want you to be a part of my family. I want you at my table. I'll die so that you can be there." That's the one we're like, okay, let's look at all the ugly parts of my life. It's a beautiful verse. So we can look at it as like, well, it's my heart, my mind, my whatever. Or it can be like, who else, who better to open up to and say, look at look at my mess. Can you fix this? <laughs> you know? And he's like, Yes. Already did. See We talked last week about how prayer is prayer goes this way. It's us talking to God, intentionally communicating things to God. Scripture is one of the ways that he communicates back to us. It's about, it's about, I'm about to rhyme, so forgive me. It's about transformation and not information. See, we're trained to read the books for information to take tests to determine if we know the answers or not. We cannot approach the Bible like we do a textbook. We're not trying to get information out of it. Now, if there is information in it, yes. But when it comes to that Hebrews 4, 12, and 13 approach, we're not trying to get information out of Scripture. It's about Change. It's about our behavior changing from the inside out and not from the outside in. So that's why the whole idea of becoming more and more like him and being transformed into his likeness, like, the word is a part of that. And maybe that's the missing ingredient for you, you know? Maybe, Maybe that is the thing you're like, that's it. That's the piece of the puzzle that I've been ignoring and I've been stubborn or I've not been willing to create time for it, you know, or whatever. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe so. I don't know. But we've got to allow God to to teach us why it is important. And I'm not being legalistic about it. You know, I'm not saying you got to do this every day for this many minutes and this and this and this. That's not what I'm saying. Like, let's, let's start from a pursuit of holiness aspect. If I want to, if I want to be Holy in every area of my life, it's going to require change. And the, the way that I know um, the where I need to change and how I need to change and the one who's going to change me, it's all found here. That's why scriptures, are they're called canons. It means standard. It means measure. It means like this is where you measure your life by. God has revealed himself to us. So there it is. That's why. It's no coincidence that all these significant points in Jesus' ministry, Scripture is a part of that. It's not a coincidence. I wonder, and this is not, you know, don't, you know, hang me for this or whatever, but I wonder, I wonder if, as he's getting closer and closer to going to the cross, if some of those Scriptures about the new covenant were coming up. I mean, during the Lord's Supper, he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. I mean, he used the same terminology. I wonder if those those scriptures came back about there will be a new covenant. You know, I just kind of wonder how much that was driving him, how much of that, that sense of purpose, you know, if that was his purpose-driven solution was the fact that there are all these scriptures about him that were helping him go forward. And supposing that that was the case, that he was driven forward by, like, by those things and by those ideas, and reminded in a tangible way of of his purpose on the earth, I have to transfer that to my life and say, you know what? I got I got this entire Bible sitting here talking about where my purpose comes from. I don't need Rick Warren to tell me that, you know. I don't need that that stuff. Those things are are fine, but this is this is where it comes from. This is where it starts. And in my opinion, and I think scripture would back this up, we're not going to be transformed into the image and the life of Christ apart from his word being living and active in our lives. Why do you think if if the only time that you're in the word, that you're exposed to scripture is in church and in community group, why do you think those two times are so different? Like, why do you why, why do you think that, that that is? Or why do you think you walk away differently from a Bible study night in community group than you do like a BCM night? Those of you who go to the BCM nights, you know why? Because because this is why. Because the living and active word is being open, it's being discussed, and the spirit of God is in the place, and he's making things come off the page, and you're learning from each other, and you're reconnected to the truth, you're reconnected to to the the God who has given you life and given you purpose. And sometimes you hear people like, yeah, man, we we need to do like a midweek service, because I really, I, I need that, that midweek service to get me through the week. And I just want to be like, that's bull, like... Do you, if you don't have a Bible, dude, I, I would we'll get you one. You don't need. We're not doing a midweek service. We're not. I'm sorry. Sorry, we're not. We're not gonna do it. Probably ever. If we change our mind, I'll admit I was wrong. So there it is. So take that back with you. Maybe maybe keep praying as far as why. Let's talk about how. Flip over to 2 Timothy verse uh, chapter 3 if you would. All right, just go back to the left a few pages. Here's how. And I, I'm not pulling from any great sources here. Other than the word of God, which is the greatest. I throw out some ideas. When it comes to how, you're like, okay, I get it. I need to be in the word. I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to do this. Let me throw out a couple of things if you're writing notes or whatever. First, um, it's got to be about producing and not about consuming. Too often, our approach to Scripture is, what can I get out of it? And that's why we don't go there in the first place, because we're like, I don't know where to go to get what I need. Well, that's lame, and that's being a consumer. If our approach is, um, there's something in here that is going to transform me into the image of Christ, and I want so desperately for that to be produced in my life, that I'm frustrated by not knowing where to go. That's one thing. It's got to be about producing and not consuming. Second thing is the the role of the Holy Spirit, all right, the Spirit of God. Um, begin your time looking at Scripture by praying and just placing yourself in that place. Go back, read Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 that we just talked about and say just say God I want that to be me. I want you I want you to see the intentions of my thoughts. I want to be laid bare before you spiritually, emotionally, my heart, soul, mind, strength, everything. Begin that time by praying. Put yourself in his control. It'll it'll change the way that you have that time as opposed to like flipping through the Bible and like stopping. <laughs> You know, and reading it, but i got nothing, you know, going on. All right? As far as where to start, let me give you some ideas, all right? Um, if you don't know, a, a really great place, place to start is to pray and say, God, where do I start? That's the best advice I could give you. Maybe, maybe just reading through stories, about Jesus, take the book of Matthew and just go section by section. Go through, look for one that interests you, you know. Go for, go, look, look for stuff you hadn't seen before. Do a greatest hits of Jesus' life kind of thing. Um, maybe, maybe there's a book that you've always liked, you know, maybe it's like, I've always just loved James, which I, I hate James. James kicks me in the face. I don't, I don't like reading James. Um, but maybe there's, you're just like. Yeah, James, you're like Colossians. I've always kind of like Colossians. Start there. Go go somewhere where you are, are interested. Um, Mark Driscoll says, go somewhere that bites you. You know, go somewhere that challenges you, that really pushes you. Um, maybe there's a maybe there's a someone like someone in the Bible that's like a character that you could study. You know, maybe you're like I know that there's a Jacob somewhere in the Bible, but I don't know anything about him. I want to learn more. Start there get that concordance out flip to the back look for Jacob go find him you know um, that's always good um, something that a former pastor of mine used to always talk about is how uh, there are 31 books uh, thirty-one chapters in the book of Proverbs um, go to the one that corresponds with today's date and read that chapter I thought that was pretty good pretty good organized way of doing it and if you're pr- you're reading through it and you're praying like God make something jump off the page. Proverbs, Proverbs, kick you in the face too. So just be careful when you do that. Um, but that's a that's a systematic way of doing it. That's a way of getting organized. Um, you can. Uh, there are plenty of books out there, Bible study books that are have been written. Um, most of them are scripturally based. Um, I would not go to Lifeway and just walk around. You know, uh, I would ask somebody because there's 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 a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of garbage out there too. Um, as far as Bible study books, um, having a like a, a Bible study that you're doing along with going through Scripture is not a bad thing. I know sometimes I will jump on the like reading books about the Bible instead of the Bible, and I believe that you've got to have both of them together. Um, but Sometimes you sit down with a book written by, like, Beth Moore. I mean, she's, like, it's going, you're going to get into the scripture when it's Beth Moore. All right? There's some other authors out there that are, like, pretty cruddy. If you want to know, I'll tell you. If I say it over the mic, I'll get emails and stuff. So um, another thing that is, that is, like, can be very helpful is, is the Internet. Um, there are... Plenty of websites out there that do like they'll email you a scripture a day. You don't even have to necessarily like you don't have to just check your email that morning, it'll have one that's there, you know. Um there are lots of read through the Bible plans. There's so much online um that's out there and stuff. Again, just use some discernment. If you want websites or books or that kind of stuff, I mean ask here's 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 another ask somebody whose Bible study lifestyle you admire just say hey all right you don't have to flatter them if you're not into that <laughs> you know but just be like hey, what do you what do you do how do you how do you what does your personal study time look like and they'll either tell you like ah i got you fooled i don't have one you know or they'll be just be glad to say you know yeah there's got him Dallas Willard and i read him and everybody should and uh you know whatever um so there's there's all kinds of stuff you need to get you a translation that works well. All right, um, if if you don't want to study the Bible because you have like the like old school King King James, you can't understand it. Get a, get a newer translation. All right, it's perfectly fine. King James only is not Jesus did not speak King James. No matter what people try and tell you, um, get you a translation that that you can get you can really get into and understand. Um, That's that's an important thing. Um, Study Bibles a lot of times have notes. I mean, there's like basically like there's no excuse out there, all right. I understand the where to start because there's many 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 times where I'm like, man, I don't even know where to go. I don't even want. It's too much trouble even worry about it. But we know why it's important. Next thing, all right. I brought you Second Timothy three sixteen. Let me use this scripture as a means of studying, okay? Just use these four things that it talks about turn into great questions that you can ask as you are uh, studying. All right, 316 says this, All Scripture is breathed by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. All right? Look at those four things, Uh, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, all right? Teaching is going to bring you to some some sort of truth, all right? You go through and you find, like, like you you figure out what's going to work for you. You figure out where in the Bible you want to be, and you you ask yourself, God, what, what are you trying to teach me through this? What truth are you trying to lead me to? Simple question. Prayer goes up. And he'll show you. Maybe it's a truth about his character. Uh, Maybe it's a truth about how he has worked in your life or how he works in the lives around you. Uh, Maybe it's, um, you know, they're they're just the possibilities are endless. But all scripture is is useful and profitable for teaching us, for leading us to the truth. So make that into a question. God, are you trying to teach me something? All right. The next thing, uh, reproof. Um, Some translations would say rebuke. Um, the message really explains it well. It says, um, exposing our rebellion. How you like that? Exposing our rebellion. Sometimes when you read a text, the question, uh, the truth that he's trying to lead you to is like, yeah, guess what? Um, this is not cool. You are rebelling against this. Exposing our rebellion. That's That's something deeper, you know. That's not necessarily like you're making a bad decision. That's like guess what? You're you're believing a lie and I died for lies, you know, to overcome that. So you say, God, is there are you trying to am I rebelling against this these verses? Is there's like what's ask him. You're laid bare, ask him. Um the next thing, uh where did I go? Um for correction, all right. That's more of the yeah, guess what? You gossip at work like every day. You know. Yeah, guess what? You are a jerk to your wife tonight. Yeah, I'll I'll leave that the examples because probably want me to stop. That's that's the, the that's the part where God comes in and he's like, All right, let's let's correct some things in a in a good way. Last one, um, Okay, okay, but for that one, so you're saying, like, is there something that needs to be corrected? Do I need to right or wrong? You know, do I need to to change something that I've done? The last one, for training in righteousness. God, what about walking and denying myself, taking up my cross, following you? What do I need to learn from this text that's going to train me in how to live your way? That's four questions, and they work. And when we're sincerely there, when when we've prayed that Hebrews four twelve and thirteen idea, and we're laid bare and we're asking these questions, God communicates His answers. Now you might not hear a big booming voice, you know, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And 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 honestly, He may not tell you right then. You may need to end your devotion time um, and without answers. And you know what happens for me when that happens? is That's when I start meditating on that stuff day and night, you know, because it starts to bother me. Because I'm like, oh, I know there's something in that verse. I just don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And it comes, and it's, it's good. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, Equipped for every good work. Let me read this to you. It's kind of turned into a quote John Piper series, and I'm going to stop apologizing for that. This is what he writes about that last part of the verse. He said, so here's my answer to how the Scripture equips us for every good work. The Scripture, day after day, Reveals to us the greatness and the beauty and the power and the wisdom and the mercy of all that God is for us in Christ, so that by the power of the Spirit we find our joy in Him and the ways of sin become distasteful, indeed, ugly and repugnant. Yes, the Bible gives us many specifics as pointers how to live, but most deeply. The way the Bible equips us for every good work is by, here it is, by changing what we find satisfaction in so that our obedience comes from within freely and not by coercion from without. It does this when we read it and meditate on it, memorize it, meditate over it every day. See, one reason why... um, We leave times in Scripture very focused on him is because he leads us to the truth. And what Piper is saying about um, Scripture leading us to the point where, where he is where we find our satisfaction because it talks about the majesty and the power and the glory and the goodness and all those things of God. When you look at all that stuff, that's what you're satisfied in, you know, that's why, that's why you leave times of Bible study, privately or corporately, so different. You're like, I don't need anything else but God. I don't need all the stuff I tend to choose. I don't need that stuff. That's why you're so driven and so passionate and so determined. And see, by coming back to that every day, every day, every day, every day, every day that's where we find our joy. See, prayer and Scripture go together. We don't separate them, and that's how we're equipped for everything. Everything in life, every there, there's just nothing about life that we're unequipped for, because He's ch- teaching us and correcting us and e- exposing our rebellion and training us in righteousness and preparing us for everything that we need. For life and godliness because it always brings us back to him. That's the thing about scripture is it constantly points us back to him all the time, all the time, all the time. And for those who are frustrated by the intangible nature of prayer, you know, like you feel like you're just talking to the air. Here's the tangible aspect of how we connect with him. That's what's so beautiful about it. If you're like, ah, I can't stand prayer because I'm just talking to the air and talking to the air, you just open this up and it's like here. Look, there are words there. There are words there. There are his words there. It's not for nothing. It's not this like weird mystic, you know, like whatever. It's incredibly concrete. And he's given it to us, not to worship, you know, and not to, um, you know, exalt higher than it needs to be, but this is the means, you know. It's a means to him. Maybe you're just so tired of like trying to do it and maybe this is the piece of the puzzle that's been missing or maybe not knowing how to do it. Maybe you've been given some ideas tonight on how to do so, but it all comes comes back to him always, 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 everything, all the time. Okay. I've gone longer than I wanted to. Tonight was kind of full. I'm going to pray and we're going to be done. Um, I apologize to the band that had some more stuff prepared, but uh, we'll just hold it over till next time. But here, here's the thing. Um, the reason we do music afterwards a lot of times is, or pretty much every time, is because uh, it gives you a chance to take what's happened up until this point tonight and kind of be like, all right, God, how much of this is is for me or whatever? Um, and so we want to give you that time because once we start stacking chairs and, you know, going wherever, uh, it gets kind of crazy. Um Going back to what I said at the beginning, it's not an accident. God is bringing us down a path. I think, I think we're on the verge of some big breakthroughs. And I think the reason why this is going down the spiritual discipline route of prayer and Bible study is because these are just some fundamental things that have not been in place in a lot of lives. And my life is one of them. And so let's together take what God is doing seriously. If you got questions, ask them. If you got answers, ask them. Communicate them. If you got needs, express it. All right? All right, let me pray for us.